Welcome back to Uneducated, the show where we feel dumb so you don't have to. I'm your host, Cami Scott, and today I am joined by Jill Winterstein, founder of Spirit Daughter, which is a cosmic guide to the sun, moon, and the stars. They create moon workbooks to help people understand how astrology impacts our everyday life and how to use it better to our advantage. Hi, Jill. Hi, Cami. Thanks for having how me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I'm so excited exciting. to talk to you. I feel like every time I leave talking to you, I feel like ready to conquer the world. I'm like, okay, I get why I'm the way I am. I know who should be in my life and not in my life. And I'm ready to like just get my shit together. I always feel so motivated. So I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. cool. So I've been thinking about you a lot. There's um, a ton of talk about Saturn. And I remembered your Saturn is an Aquarius. So you're about to go it, into uh, your Saturn return. I remember having this conversation with you. And so for some reason, every time I've been talking about Saturn and Aquarius, I'm thinking of you. So it's nice to connect again. <laughs> Maybe we'll get into okay, that. Okay. <laughs> so I, yeah, we have to get into that because now that I'm thinking, I remember there was something you told me where most people hit that around 30. So you were like, you're never supposed to get married before that. You're not supposed right. to do big life. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Your Saturn okay. return. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited to get into this now. See, I need a refresher. I'm glad I'm going to have this recorded because the last time we were just having lunch and talking and there was, right. I should have been taking notes, but I was just <laughs> obviously conversing with you. So I wasn't thinking. And there's yeah. a million and one things. I was like, ah, I wish I remembered that. So now we're here. We have it on record. I'm going to try to not fully just hijack this whole episode into you helping me through astrology (laughs) I want to help everyone but I might a little bit okay before we get into becoming educated about astrology we have to focus on the uneducated side we have a trivia question to answer we're both gonna do it I don't know the answer either are you ready I'm ready all right the question is which U.S. state located on the eastern seaboard partially falls in the central time zone I think I think I know this one. I'm gonna guess Florida. I because I, of the little handle. Oh, but right. I could be very handle. wrong. Yeah, because yeah. I think it pulls it centrally. I think. Right. Right. I could see Florida or uh, North Carolina because I for the same reason. I think it goes oh. over pretty far, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I mean North <laughs> North Carolina definitely is on the eastern coast but I don't know if it comes in I don't know I'm yeah, just thinking because America like angles in right at the bottom but southerly, I can see the, and then the, I don't know the panhandle right of Florida that's what you're talking about like that little <laughs> yeah. section yeah I could see that being uh, okay I'll, I'll go with Florida too <laughs> okay let's see <laughs> like, I'm gonna take that answer <gasps> we're right Yay. we did it <laughs> Oh my God. I love, I get like such a sense of joy when I get them right. right I don't get yeah. embarrassed when I get them wrong. I can't cause I do get most of them wrong, but <laughs> okay. Jumping into astrology. How did you get into astrology? When did this happen for you? Uh, I got into astrology when I was like 15, 16 years old. So a long time ago. Oh, wow. um, and I got into it. I'm 41 now. So it's like been, I don't know, 15, 16 years. Um, 
and I got into it just because I was like a lost teenager and needed direction. And, um, I was like a hippie child, you know, I listened to Grateful Dead and smoked a bunch of weed and like played with crystals and tied hemp so obviously astrology had to fall into that and not that like everybody (laughs) who's into astrology has to like play with crystals in the woods you know but um (laughs) there are it's just like a natural extension of just me being very curious and wondering about alternative things and Mm -hmm. um uh and ways to really understand human consciousness i later went on to study psychology formally um in in undergrad and graduate school and so i just always had this propensity to try and understand uh the human behavior human mind um you know from from different lenses and so Mm -hmm. astrology I think astrology may have been like my first venture really into trying to understand like why we humans think and do things the way we do, or just um, some kind of blueprint to human behavior and consciousness um, was, you know, astrology was, was it for me. So in a lot of ways, astrology was like the gateway to study psychology. And then I went on to study like Chinese medicine and yoga and um, you know, other forms of consciousness uh, unraveling, if you would. So but yeah kind of like hitting it from all angles hitting it from all angles i think i just always um from a very so from a very young age and this is something like um is actually in my chart it's interesting uh when i've had my chart read people call this out right away i have uh, pluto uh rising at my ascendant which is in libra and there's something about that combination um that really causes people to tell me everything about themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And this started happening since I was like 12 years old, where like everybody just tells me like their deepest, darkest secrets, like on first meeting. Um, And it's quite phenomenal. I don't know how many times in my life I've heard that, uh, you know, that phrase, I've never told anybody, but I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I know we just met, but. um, People were just spilling their guts to you. People just spill our guts to me. They still do. <laughs> and so I think um, that led me to to want to know how to answer them. Because, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I remember at 12, 13 being like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I'm like, a child, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, and, you know, a lot of it was like other peers and stuff. But I mean, it was like an eighth grade. I'm like, I don't. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Like, and so, you know, I always like I, that led me um, to wanting to, to understand human behavior and to want to help people and do it yeah. from from different lenses. And so astrology was like the first thing that really grabbed my attention on that. Yeah. For those who don't know, can you give an overview of what astrology is and like where it comes from and if it's based in fact and science? So astrology comes really from observation, like most of the ancient sciences, um, where we couldn't, you know, we, we can't equate it to like physics. Um, but in a lot of ways, we can create it to psychological theories where uh, things, there's no like cause and effect relationship where we can prove things. Um, I, I'm actually trained as a psychological researcher. That's where mo- most of my training um, in psychology was, was, was in research. Um, so mm-hmm. when we put astrology um through like hardcore research it it, you know um you can't because you can't like change variables around and things like that um but it's very it's very based on observation and correlation um where we can see you know where the sun so basically 
backtracking, um, you know, astrology is based on the sky and the zodiac constellations and the movement of the planets, cosmic bodies, sun and moon through uh, the constellations. And so people 5,000 years ago, um, you know, in various places, you know, Egypt was one of the first places um, to really go into astrology, the Egyptian, ancient Egyptians. Um, and then the Greeks kind of named everything. And that's why um, most things in astrology have like a Greek origin or and name wise. Um, but anyway, they were sitting around and they were like, oh, the sun is in Libra, right? That's where the sun is right now. The sun's in the Libra constellation. And year after year, when the sun's in Libra, we're noticing that everybody's doing these certain things, right? It's harvest season. We're breaking out the scales. We're weighing crops to ounces of gold. We're, you know, bartering. We're talking about what's fair and what's right. We're forming our relationships with people who were, uh, you know, because it was mostly based on the harvest season. We're basically, you know, we're having these relationships with people based on, uh, you know, trade and, um, you know, different things. And, and while the sun's in Libra. And so uh, it becomes Libra season, right? And then Libra season becomes this time where we're all thinking about uh, balance and harmony and creating, uh, you know, justice, fairness, right? That all falls under Libra and the sign of Libra is the scales. Uh, and it always starts in the fall equinox and it always corresponds with harvest season, um, you know, or leading into it. Some crops are harvested afterwards in Scorpio, but that's another story. Um, and so then they began noticing that the people who were born during this time, during the sun season of Libra, uh, took on these qualities. Right. So people born within when the sun was in Libra were, you know, interested in peace, always wanted relationships, relationships were priorities for, for them. Uh, they were interested in what was fair and just and keeping things balanced and harmonious, both within themselves and uh, in society. And so, you know, they took on these qualities. And, you know, that's the great thing about um, things that have been around for thousands of years based on observation. You're like, OK, well, for a thousand years. Right. We've observed that when the sun is in this constellation, people are doing this thing. And then people born in this time frame become that way their entire lives. It becomes a central. Our mm -hmm. sun sign is a central focal point of our personality. It's where everything else spins around. It's like what keeps us together. It's our it's our core. Right. Your sun sign is your core. Um, and, and it's because, you know, we take on the vibration of the energy we were born within. And if you're born right now in Libra season, you're going to take on that energy of, of Libra and become central, becomes core to you. Hmm. Does that explain I, things? I feel like so many... <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, wait, so if X, Y, Z... Okay. Yeah. But, you know... We so can't... many people focus on... Sorry, go ahead. We can't, like, you know, make it scientific because we can't say, okay, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to have this person be a sun sign and then we're going to see if having a sun and Libra causes this because there's so many mm -hmm. other variables at play. Right. So that's, the, that's the problem. We can't like stick people in a bubble and observe them. Yeah. It's just harder to test those things. And like you said, doing an actual experiment on it because you right. can't control all of those variables. And I feel like a lot of those other variables are a lot of other things that have to do with your with astrology your moon sign and as you were talking about my Saturn and everything mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. why do we focus so much on the sun sign is that the one that affects us the most or shows our most of our personality 
Yeah, well, that's the core of our personality. So yeah, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the thing that is the center um, of your identity and of your personality. It's the it's, it's your ego, but not ego in, in a bad way, like ego in, um, you know, sort of Freudian terminology, where um, it is, it, it's your identity, it's how you identify yourself, right? It's your I am, mm -hmm. right? Um, your I am statement is your son, you know, um, like, I, I'm a Leo. So you know, I am a leader. I am, uh, you know, talkative. I am, I am extroverted, you know, um, those are, those are all like Leo, um, sort of mantras, but you know, that's your sun signs, your I am statement, your moon sign can be to a certain degree. And it's interesting. I have, I have, um, come across quite a few people that will tell me, I don't identify with my sun sign at all. Like I know the sun is the most important mm -hmm. thing, but I don't identify with all and I'll peek at their chart and it's like, yeah, well, you have your sun in Capricorn, but you have four other planets in, you know, Pisces. Like, mm -hmm. let me tell you about Pisces. Do you feel like a Pisces? Pisces and Capricorn are very different. You know, if you have a chart that's dominated in Pisces, but your sun signs in Capricorn, you're going to feel like a Pisces and you're going to read things about Capricorn. You're going to be like, this, this is not me. I don't believe in astrology. Yeah. When we take a, a deeper look or if there's like a certain aspect or like a fixed star or something that's like really predominant in the chart, that's just like, you know, eating it up, um, you know, mm -hmm. then, then it takes away from your sun sign. So it's very possible yeah. for you to read your sun sign and be like, I don't, I don't, this isn't me, um, kind of thing. And that's why, you know, we have to look at the whole, the whole chart. Uh, but for the mm -hmm. most part, I would say 80%, 80 to 85% of people identify with their sun sign that I've, that I've come yeah. in contact with. Oh yeah. I'm a hardcore Pisces and I'm well aware <laughs> of that, but I think, and from speaking with you in the past, knowing those different signs helps explain stuff. So when I don't relate to a Pisces or if I do something that it just feels out of characteristic looking at like I, I'm a Capricorn moon, I believe. And then seeing that difference is like, okay, that makes right. a little bit more sense. Yeah. Is it better? I think my charts really balance kind of a little all over the place. I have is to look at your chart. better or easier? You have my chart? I have your chart. It's on my phone though. Oh my God. Amazing. It. <laughs> is it better to have like balance and kind of be a little all over the place or do you find it easier to navigate life, I guess, in general, if you are predominantly one sign or on like one side it of the chart? It, it depends. It just, it really depends. Um, when you look at a chart, Right. First of all, what you're looking at is above the horizon and below the horizon. Um, okay. And so that middle line. Right. So a, a chart is, looks like a pie. Right. It's 12, 12 pieces of a pie. Mm -hmm. Each pie is 30 degrees. And so the whole pie makes 360. And each piece of the pie is a house. Right. And the house is governed by a sign. And then they hold mm -hmm. your planets, your sun and moon. And um, so when we look at the chart, the first thing we're looking at is what I look at is how much is above the horizon and how much is below the horizon. Um, because what's above the horizon is usually like the things you tell people about or you show people. Um, it's, you know, your outer personality. Um, it's the things you want the world to know about. 
And uh, it's also your, like your connections, you know, so we see uh, the seventh house, a house of partnerships in, in above the horizon, right, when we're interacting with other people. Uh, and then when you look at below the horizon houses, that's the stuff that we hold a little closer, right? It's, the, it's more subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, we may want to keep it hidden. We may not want to tell people about it. We may struggle with it internally. Um, it may be the stuff that sends us to therapy. You know, it's like below that horizon. Um, <laughs> yeah, like so when is. I see charts where like people have everything below the horizon, um, that's mm-hmm. kind of when I'm like, okay, like, A, this person's probably not going to give me anything at all about themselves. Mm -hmm. B, there's a lot of internal conflict there in in the personality, right? In the signature. I always think of charts as like energetic signatures. So there's a lot of internal conflict in the signature if stuff is like, all below the horizon. So I, that's my first, Mm -hmm. the first thing I look at with charts is like above the horizon, below the horizon. Um, but as far as like having clusters, um, it, it can be helpful. It just makes you really, um, dominant in in that, Mm -hmm. but then like one thing can kind of pull on it. So it's all about like the aspects, right? When, when you're dealing with charts, like for instance, I have four planets in Leo at the very top of my chart, right? In my 10th house, house of career. Leo's very extroverted. Leo's very talkative. Leo's very like, you know, spotlight, look at me kind of thing. Um, And in the 10th house, house of career, I mean, this is why like I'm doing videos and stuff like that, you know, and why I'm allowing myself to be seen. But why I didn't allow myself to be seen for so long is because I have a moon in Scorpio in my second house, right? So here is like all this Leo-ness up here. And then down below is this moon Scorpio, very subjective, very moody, very like, don't look at me. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. square, it's pulling, it's conflicting with these four things I have in Leo. So whereas Mm -hmm. like in a lot of ways, I'm a super Leo, but then I have four pieces of my pie in Leo. They're all conflicting with this moon Scorpio, which is trying to like put me in a cave with my books and unravel the mysteries of the universe, but not tell anybody about them. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so helpful for you to know and be aware of that when you're looking at, what is it? The 10th house is career. You said the 10th house is when you're looking at that and you can see what what's helpful for you there. It's right. so good to know other aspects of who you are that might not be kind of lining up with that. So you can know what to fight, what right. to give into. Right. What know, are the houses? It, it, it's knowing where your struggles are and knowing how mm-hmm. you can solve them. Right. So your chart yeah. t- tells you both sides of that story. You know, like I can look mm-hmm. at that, that moon Scorpio conflicting with all of these planets in Leo. And I can say, okay, there's my, my main life struggle is right there laid out for me. Yeah. But then also, you know, I can look at, at those in particular and then the other planets and go, okay, there's the solution. There's the work that I need to do in my life to really turn this around so that mm-hmm. I can break, break through, right? I can break through this conflict, right? Cause that's when we see conflicts in the chart, um, you know, it's, we're always looking, I'm looking anyway for the opportunity for a breakthrough to like turn that energy around and really use it to evolve rather than to stagnate. Um, so, so it is helpful and it's helpful to, to know that, um, and to, you know, if you're looking at your chart and you see, you know, like they'll put terms like squares and, you know, squares cause tension. You have this planet squaring this planet. Um, and it can be very scary, but it's like, okay, that's just an internal struggle. That's just an internal conflict. 
the solution is here somewhere. We can make a breakthrough and we can really turn turn that around. Mm-hmm. I feel like astrology yeah. provides so much self-awareness, which is so powerful and so helpful to have. So if I'm looking at my chart and I, I want to make it up right in now. my life. Yeah, I was going to do that as well. There it where is. Did, like, where do you start to know like – like you're talking about all the houses and for complete layman's terms, like mm-hmm. what area should we be looking at and how can we improve our lives? With that's, a, that's a hard one because for me, I like probably look at, I look at totally different things, but the, the main players, and I always think of those players, right? So mm-hmm. the main players we look at is like sun, um, I heard somebody call them actors the other day. And I was like, that's really great. Anyway, <laughs> sun, the moon and the rising, right? So these, yeah. You know, these are the main things that sort of everybody, um, most people know their sun sign. And then I'd say most people nowadays that are even interested in astrology, they look up their moon and the rising next. Um, And so, you know, that just when you look up your sign, it will tell you your son was in Pisces, your son was in Leo when you were born, um, or the sun was in Capricorn. And then you look up at the moon and it'll tell you the moon sign, right? So the moon also moves through these 12 zodiacs. Um, every two and a half days, it changes signs. So, you know, you look up your moon signs, like, oh, the moon was in Libra or the moon was in Scorpio. And then the rising is the sign that was rising on the horizon when you were born. Right. So again, that hor- that's why that horizon line. <laughs> I never realized what that meant. I feel so stupid. <laughs> now, okay. It, that makes sense. You don't know how many people I've said that to. And that's like the, oh, that's like always. I'm like, I answer. even know my rising sign and I didn't realize what was rising. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Or, okay. They also call it the ascendant, right? Because it was ascending mm-hmm. the horizon. And yeah. so, you know, we're looking out. Um, you know, we're looking out the ocean, we'll say, and you know, the there was a sign that was rising, uh, over mm-hmm. you know, well, actually, be rising from behind me because I'm facing west, but you know, anyway, <laughs> we're looking at the horizon, there's a sign that's rising, um, and that starts your chart, right? So, mm-hmm. um, your rising sign begins your chart, so that determines your first house, it starts mm-hmm. at your rising sign, so your rising sign is really important. Um, mm-hmm. I have worked with some people who don't know their time of birth because that point is dependent upon the time of birth. I mean, it changes uh, every two hours, the sign changes. Mm-hmm. And then also because signs are roughly 30 degrees, um, the point of the horizon hits that sign is a different degree. So it may hit at the beginning, which means your chart starts at like two degrees Libra or um mm-hmm. what is your rising so i'll use you as an example i think virgo i think i'm a capricorn moon virgo. and a virgo rising virgo rising so say it's virgo yeah um and i don't see this one's not showing me what degree it's 18 degrees so you're at 18 degrees virgo so that's right about mm-hmm. midway with virgo so your chart starts at 18 degrees virgo which means everything above 18 degrees one through 18 a Virgo is actually in your 12th house, right? So that's going to take okay. on a different quality. And so part of your 12th house will be contacting Virgo. Um, and that becomes important when you start getting into um, more like putting the collective astrology with, with, your, with your chart. Um, so, you know, that's above the horizon. And then below the horizon, 
um, is the rest of your first house, right? So you'll have, you know, from 18 to 30 degrees Virgo in your first house, but then there comes Libra, right? Right after it. So it goes in order of the astrological constellations. So we have uh, Libra coming in about halfway at your first house. So now Libra becomes part of your first house. So your first house. So I'm like half, both, half in all my houses have like two different. Exactly. Your, if your right? chart. Okay. Yeah. Basically your chart um, roughly because the signs aren't exactly 30 degrees. You might see some bit off. Uh, but basically you have mm-hmm. two signs in each house. Now there's some people okay. that say that it's really just the, the sign that is on the cusp that's on the like first mm-hmm. house where the first house hits it or the second house hits it uh, that determines the whole house. I think every point of a chart is important. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know, for you, for instance, your, you know, your Libra is hitting um, your first house. So, you know, from one to 18 degrees, Libra is part of your first house. So Libra and Virgo are defining your first house, which is your house of identity, right? That's where you're mm-hmm. figuring out who you are. That's the house of the self, right? So we have we have those three main signs, moon, sun, and rising, right? The rising to me is one of the more important ones just because it does determine the flow of the, the rest of the house. And it shows mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the houses and it shows which signs then make contact with those, with those houses. Because your houses um, are areas of your life. Right. So the the planet, sun and moon uh, are like the players or parts of your personality. Right. So your Mm -hmm. sun is your core identity. Your moon is your emotions. Um, Your rising sign is what you project outward into the world. So what um, you really it's almost in a lot of ways, um, people's first impression of you is usually your rising sign. Um, so for oh, you with the rising people Virgo, perceive me as a Virgo. Yeah. So they, so oh it's like God. a cruel trick because they, because <laughs> they, um, perceive you as a very organized person. <laughs> like, oh, she's got her act together. <laughs> and then they're like, oh no, she's just an emotional little bitch Pisces. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we see you. We get it. That's but- true. That is probably quite accurate. But yeah, some people first perceive you at, as you're rising normally because that's that's what you want people. Your rising is what you want. Mm-hmm. It's the mask. That's what you're right? projecting. It's the mask yeah. you wear um, out into the world, you know, so that people who aren't close to you, who don't know you very well, like that's what they see. You know, that's that's the, mm-hmm. that's what you put out there. And it's not like it's a facade. It's not fake. Um, it is really part of you. And it is central to, to the beginning of your chart. And, you know, it's right there at your identity. Um, mm-hmm. But it's more like, you know, when you look at the first house, as far as identity and your rising sign hitting it, so you're, you're Virgo rising. Um, and so Virgo is like hitting your first house. That's what you're trying to achieve is what I always look at. You know, that's like, that's what you want your identity to be. It's like fake it till you make it or like dress for the job you want. Exactly. I'm masquerading as a Virgo because I want to be a Virgo. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's what, what what if you you hate your rising sign? Um, yeah. Well, like what if your rising's like a, like a Gemini and that's not who you want to (laughs) be? Well, I mean, there's, I think that there's, there is, uh, there's low sides and high sides to every sign. So you may want to be parts of Gemini. I mean, Gemini has some amazing qualities to it. You, you, you won't want to be the low sides. They, they do get, they do get a bad rap. Um, they absolutely do. But 
there are low sides to every sign and there's high sides like Gemini, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, the high side is like open-mindedness and, you know, curiosity mm-hmm. and, um, expanded perceptions, you know, Gemini's when they allow themselves, uh, to be that way can end up really learning more than the rest of us because they're actually like a, open to other ideas. Um, and yeah. they ask tons of questions, you know, Gemini's are never afraid to ask questions. They're not afraid to be uneducated. They're okay with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're not so bad then, I guess. All right. Which a lot of us aren't, you know, like a Virgo, yeah. very afraid to be seen as uneducated. Yeah. A Gemini is like, yeah, I don't know everything. Like, obviously, <laughs> like who does? Uh-huh. You know? Let me ask you some questions so I can learn more. You know, so, um, so, you know, there, there's high sides and low sides to to everything. And, and that's what I always encourage everybody, um, to, to really know whether we're talking about your personal moon sign or we're talking about the moon and Libra and what can it, it can bring all of us as a collective, there's highs and there's lows to, to every energy, every energy in, in the universe, yeah. including astrological energy. Exactly. Um, okay. In the beginning, yeah. you were talking about my Saturn and all of that jazz. Can you explain a little bit right. to the people what that means and then help your girl out? <laughs> I will. I will. I'm just going to – I'm double-checking where it falls in your chart. Uh, planets. Yeah. Oh, so you're at three degrees. Oh, wow. Is that bad? Exciting. What does that mean? Very good. <laughs> It's it's great. Um, so you're about to have a really good year. <gasps> I'll tell you that. <laughs> like starting now or next year, 2021 happening? Uh, starting probably more like 2021. Okay, that seems um, accurate for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll explain what I mean by good. Um, you you it, it will be good, okay. but it may be hard, but it will be good. Oh god. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So Saturn. So each of the planets, right before we just dive into Saturn, each of the planets um, carry a piece of our personality. And like you said, you know, they're like the players of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have Moon is the emotional side, and then you know we have um, a planet that falls everywhere. So we have a Mercury sign, we have a Venus sign, we have a Mars sign, a Saturn sign, um, and so they all they all mean something different in terms of our personality. So Mercury is the way we communicate. Uh, that that governs how how we communicate. What type mm. of communicator are we? Um, Venus is the you know the sign of the lover or how we connect with the world, how we connect with what we love, how we connect with beauty. You know that part of our personality mm-hmm. uh, is ruled by Venus. Uh, and then Mars is like the warrior. That's like how we fight for what we love, how we find our passion, how we find our motivation. Right, it's that aspect of our personality. Uh, and then when we get to Saturn. That's our our commitments, our responsibilities. That's, um, you know, Saturn's very much... uh, Like the adult in us. us Our consequences. (laughs) It's the adult in us. Mm -hmm. It's the adult in us. And, um, you know, Saturn's very much just like, you know, there's consequences to your actions, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And you can do whatever you want. You know, this is like the theory of karma, right? But karma's going to come back Mm -hmm. and and get you one way or the other, you know? Um, so, you know, and Saturn sort of teaches that lesson, right? And so Saturn, Saturn kind of gets terrifying, rap, right? <laughs> I don't know why Saturn I was excited for this. 
Saturn's kind of like, you know, gets that like strict, yeah. you know, kind of image to it. Um, and right now we have Saturn. So right now Saturn's in Capricorn, mm -hmm. ending its stint in Capricorn. And it's been causing all kinds of chaos in Capricorn, which is a whole nother story. <laughs> um, Saturn Capricorn is meeting, right? It's been, um, so when planets meet, in the sky, especially um, slower planets. Mm -hmm. So our outer planets, Saturn, Pluto, Uranus, um, they move more slowly across the sky. Um, at Jupiter, I think I skipped Jupiter when I was going through the planets. Jupiter is uh, Jupiter's most exciting. It's the explorer. Jupiter oh. is like um, the lucky planet. It's like, it also shows you your potential. It's like, what's the best that could happen? Mm -hmm. That's Jupiter. Jupiter's amazing. Oh, I like Jupiter. Um, probably my favorite planet. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like Jupiter. He's the fun guy at the party, <laughs> Jupiter, you know? He's just having the best time ever. Rule Sagittarius, Jupiter. That's why Sagittarius are always, like, having a blast <laughs> uh, in life. But um, it's Jupiter. Anyway, so Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto have been dancing around each other all year in Capricorn, causing all kinds of issues. Like pretty much, um, not everything, but like most of what we've been going through in 2020 can be somehow linked back to these oh, really? That's... three planets dancing and contacting um, each other in Capricorn, right? Because Capricorn. Wow. Um, now we know who to blame. It's not the same as Saturn, but Saturn governs Capricorn. Mm -hmm. um, and so S Saturn also governs our, our systems, right? That rule us, our systems of government. Oh. Um, so, yeah. And our responsibilities, mm -hmm. right? Uh, to, to, the pe to the collective. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so Pluto is the planet of transformation. Pluto is the transformer. Wherever you see Pluto in your chart, that's the part of you that is transforming um, in this life or how you transform. Or that's why when I said I have Pluto rising on my horizon, first people, when people first meet me, they're like, she could change me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to tell her everything because she could change me because that's the energy of Pluto. I do feel that way about right? you. It <laughs> <laughs> changes changes sorry my life um you know it changes things and then jupiter expands everything mm -hmm. right so jupiter is just expanding upon saturn and pluto dancing around each other right now and uh basically 2020 is this year of transformation um and we're going through this insane transformation on so many levels um really helping us to break the system mm -hmm. that we're living in and, and like just crack the foundation. Um, and that's very Saturn, Capricorn, Pluto energy is like literally the floor is falling out from beneath us yeah. in, in, in so many good ways as well. I mean, there's so many things that needed to be changed Exactly. Um, that we're now getting opportunity to rebuild, but we have to go through the crumbling mm -hmm. Part. So did you know um, that this was going to happen? Did you like going, did we were all excited for 2020, ringing in the I, new year and you were like, oh I no, no. Not, <laughs> I, well, yeah, I knew that something was going to happen. I actually thought, that's the thing about um, the stars, you can see it. And, um, and, and looking back, I think that I, I probably should have looked back more because one of the ways we can predict how these planets react as you look back in history. Mm. Um, so when I did do some period back in history, I found that the last time uh, Jupiter and Saturn were dancing around each other, not the last time, but um, uh, one of the times they were dancing around each other was um, uh, during the second wave of the Spanish flu. And I was like, oh, okay. What? Not Saturn, Jupiter, Saturn and, and Pluto. Saturn and Pluto, because Pluto rules pandemics. <gasps> <And> so... <laughs> oh my God. I just so got chills. <laughs> 
So we got like all these planets like dancing Whoa. So you look back, right? Yeah. That's one of the tools um, in astrology is we can actually like look back mm-hmm. um, to see to see like what was happening the last time this occurred in the sign, or we can look back to see what has happened every time these signs have met, um, or these planets rather in in signs. So. So anyway, so no, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I, I actually thought there was going to be huge natural disasters, which I guess in a lot of ways are happening. Yeah. Um, I thought that's how, how it was going to define 2020 because there's this sort of longer range um, play that's happening with Uranus and Taurus, mm-hmm. which is directing us all to the earth and really um, focusing back on the earth. And so I think that in the end, that's a, seven-year transit when we get to the end of that transit uh in 2025 we are going to see our connection as the as people on this earth to the earth very very different Mm. very transformed um and and in part because of this piece i feel like 2020 is actually a very small not small i won't call it small probably get mad at me 2020 (laughs) you're not small Um, don't do anything else it's it's just don't do anything else. <laughs> We're almost out. Um, but it is a piece of this larger transformation that is really leading to um, it, what I'm seeing is a new earth being formed in 2025. Oh. So I, I can't tell you much about the road there. Mm-hmm. Well, I could, but that would take like eight hours on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, 2025 is looking really good. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, but like, it, but, are you yeah, sure it's a positive? The new Earth thing is it? Is are we positive that that's like a good thing that we're all going to be here, or the Earth is going to just be like, y'all got to go? You're ruining me. You don't believe in global warming. Get out of here. Are we sure that it's like a positive I mean, I thing for humanity? Have, I think we have a lot of a lot of change to go through, mm-hmm. and and looking at 2021, there um there are some interesting aspects with Saturn and Uranus, Saturn and Aquarius, Uranus and Taurus, um, that literally may cause a lot of systems to break, Mm -hmm. but in a good way, um, that need to be, that need to be changed. And so I think that if we can just keep looking at the opportunity, like you look at something like a pandemic, Mm -hmm. it's like, um, okay, well like, you know, yeah, Pluto sign of pandemics is floating around Saturn and Jupiter causing all this, all this problems. Like, well, what's, what's the high side, Mm -hmm. right? What's the, what's the silver lining here? Um, you know, we're all connect, we're all caring about each other. I think the silver lining is that we're actually all caring about each other. I think, um, you know, it's actually, teaching us true altruism mm-hmm. um altruism is about like caring about other people who don't share your immediate genetic code um so people who aren't like directly related to you like mother father cousin um we're programmed in in our evolutionary dna to protect people who share that immediate dna mm-hmm. um it's like the con- it's like the central theory of darwinism um and to care about somebody who doesn't sh- doesn't share your immediate dna it turns out we share everybody shares dna but um you know is is a learned behavior 
And in a lot of ways, it's it's that behavior that allows us to be in a society because we're not, you know, just kind of going after everybody mm -hmm. um, because they don't share our media genetic code. And, you know, a lot of people in anthropology um, have proposed that that's the whole reason why religion was formed way back in the day was to um, make people be altruistic out of fear of God. Right. And I believe that we're getting to the point where it, it's going to be natural. Altruism mm -hmm. is just like a natural thing and it's going to be part of us and we don't need uh, anybody to tell us that's the way we have to be. We don't need to be in fear to be that way. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be a natural part um, of being human is that you care about other people, which is why we're like, we're, like we wear a mask for other people, right? We don't wear it for ourselves. And this this, this um, concept has been hammered home all year. Um, and and it's, it's great, you know, I think that um, in a lot of ways we are developing true altruism as a society and becoming becoming different evolving to the next level of consciousness which for me uh, when I'm looking at the stars is the age of Aquarius right we're moving into the age of Aquarius mm -hmm. um, a lot of people a lot of other astrologers call it the air age because they're not hippies like I am but you know <laughs> it's like we're getting to the age of Aquarius where we care about the collective we care about everybody and um, and we make systems and rules that take care of everybody. And we're watching um, a lot of planets like Saturn uh, and Jupiter leaving Capricorn, which is happening early December, and they're entering Aquarius. They're going to meet. They're going to form a conjunction in Aquarius on December 21st, winter solstice. Mark that day down. Something right something's down. going to happen that day. <laughs> oh, my God. So I think it's going to be. I'm calling you that day. Like a turn like a turning point, mm -hmm. you know, like a turning point of some way. Um, but they are, they are meeting in Aquarius and they are helping to usher us in to this next air age, right? They've, they've met in earth signs for like the last like 200 years or something. And now they're meeting, they're going to start meeting for the next 200 years, Jupiter and Saturn. Remember these outer lying planets really dictate much more than like Mercury. I know we're all concerned about Mercury retrograde, <laughs> but in the long term scheme of things when we're looking at like next year mm -hmm. we look at the outer outer line planets the planets outside of earth um and so you know we look at this conjunction and we look at the fact that these these um two very important planets jupiter who expands things saturn that's our responsibilities governs our like our government mm -hmm. is saturn <laughs> like that is our, our government um are meeting you know in the sign of aquarius and they're going to continue to meet in air signs um until 2199 which is going to really and uh, along with some other things that are happening with with air signs it's really going to shift us into the air age um the age of aquarius where we're connected with with each other on a different level and where we really do care about the collective and we care about rights for the collective we care about justice for the collective and where this sort of like old dinosaur view just has to let go mm -hmm. has to let go and we can already see that now i mean you read the news we can already see that now there is like there is a battle right there is a battle against people who want to step into the next age who want to evolve who want to progress the collective forward who want to go into the age of aquarius who want to be altruistic who who want everyone to have equal rights um who want to change you know these fundamental uh systems within our society that just don't work for everybody mm -hmm. they just simply don't work for everybody maybe they work for some but they don't work for everybody so they have to go if it doesn't work for everybody it has to go in the age of aquarius um 
and so we're, we're getting there, but you know, because the, the old always hangs on, right? The old patterns, whether they're within you or they're in society, they, they, they grip, right? The mm -hmm. familiar grips. And so this transformation we're going through is to like literally, you know, peel away the tight fingers mm -hmm. that, the, <laughs> that the old patterns, the outdated patterns that are not serving the greater good of everybody. We need to peel them back and release ourselves. And that, you know, that takes a lot of time, mm -hmm. a lot of effort and a lot of trauma, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've all gone through personal transformation on a personal level, it's not easy. The collective is going through it. Mm -hmm. We're going through a collective transformation. It's a bitch. Yeah. It's not easy. Um, but it sounds hopeful. <laughs> it sounds like a very positive thing that is almost inevitable. Like, yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, there's going to be those people who are fighting it and trying not to progress and go to that next level. But regardless of what they want and they're fighting, it's going to happen. So yeah, it might be heavy right. and it might be difficult right. as we have seen much of this year being. But overall, we are going to all collectively go to that next level, whether people want to or yeah. not, which sounds wonderful. <laughs> Energy, energy wants to evolve, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, it's just like we are energetic beings. Everything around us is energy. It wants to evolve. That's what energy has wanted to do since the Big Bang, probably before the Big Bang, right? We don't know what happened before then, but it, the Big Bang, on, on, you know, happened some way, mm -hmm. right? So energy wants to evolve, and we're going to keep evolving. It's going to keep evolving. Humans are going to keep evolving. The earth, the universe, everything around us, the collective society, it's going to keep evolving. So we just have to like really ride the wave yeah. and hope that um, enough of us can hold space for the highest vision. And that's what I really try and do is like teach people the, the high energies, right? The highest vision, the highest frequency. How can you create change within yourself so you're vibrating at a higher frequency? How can you work with your personal chart? How can you work with uh, the moon sign, the sun sign currently happening today to help get you to the highest frequency mm -hmm. so that you can hold space and you can be like a beacon of light for the rest of society so that they can help rise because we're trying to go up right we're trying to raise our level of consciousness we're trying to reach enlightenment on some level and um in order to do that it's like we we have to go through these periods of transformation and we have to learn from them and we have to be open to seeing the highest opportunity no matter how bad it gets no matter how bad it gets we always have to look for the highest opportunity mm -hmm. um and you know even in your personal chart right so getting back to your saturn saturn's about to enter into aquarius um, your Saturn when you were born was an Aquarius. So when Saturn returns back to the sign it was, which happens somewhere between 27 and 30, depending, um, you know, age wise, how old are you going to be in, in February? Uh, in March, I'll be 30. In March, mm -hmm. you'll be 30. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to put your age out there, but I figured. Oh no, public, right? please do. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows about to hit 30. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're like, right. You're right at the mark. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So when Saturn returns back to Aquarius specifically, when it gets back to that, like yours is at th three degrees. So that's why that becomes important to know where three degrees Aquarius is in your chart. Right. And look at, you want to look at the house. Let's do that. Actually, okay. let's look at exactly, um, what house that is in for you. I lost your thing. Uh, but that's when you go through your Saturn return. 
when it returns back to the sign it was when you were born. So yours was in Aquarius, your Saturn is in Aquarius. Um, it's returning back there. That is when it's kind of like, oh shit, what I do today matters in 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. <laughs> what? Cause that, so cause that whole system like, is starting again. So you're starting to see like everything that happens comes back around. Is that what you mean by that? Like, mm-hmm. okay. Well, you're starting to realize the consequences of your action. Yeah. You're starting to realize that what you did yesterday affects tomorrow. Mm-hmm. When before our Saturn return, what we do today is like what we do today, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we think about the future, but not really in those terms of that. It it literally becomes a brick in the foundation yeah. of your life, right? And so where we may like plan and yours is actually your fifth house, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but you know, where we may plan, um, the future, you know, you've done tons of things where you've thought about the future. Um, and you've created a platform that, you know, you obviously thought about what am I going to do on this platform next year kind of thing. Um, but really when, when we go through a Saturn return, it's really about how this impacts my entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. So it becomes that like what I, this, this, and, and we start, um, we start knowing who we are on a deeper level, mm-hmm. um, so that we can make those larger decisions like having children or, um, getting married or, um, buying a home or, um, moving to a different country. Mm-hmm. We can start to make those decisions with confidence knowing that, um, okay, this is going to change. Like look at children. Having a child changes your entire life forever, mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> you know, and so sounds terrifying. <laughs> lots of people have children. Lots of people have children before they're thirty, mm-hmm. uh, before their Saturn return, and that's that's great. You know, and it's not that you can't or you shouldn't, um, but it's just when you have have a child after thirty, you sort of understand the impact of it to at a different level, yeah. at a different degree. Um, you you understand you you can know what it's like to when you're going to be 60 with that Mm -hmm. child so you're like more equipped to make those lifelong decisions because you understand the repercussions to that decision yeah and you understand you understand the long long range of Mm -hmm. your life okay right so um i don't know exactly what i'm going to be doing when i'm 60 but i have a pretty good idea yeah like i have you can see it you can you know Mm-hmm. I could, I could see it. I could feel it. You know, who knows what could happen in life, but like, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing when I'm 60 <laughs> and, and, you know, I can decide like how having a kid will change that vision mm-hmm. or, or alter that vision, you know? And I, I would say it's safe to say a lot of people who are 25 probably may think they know what they're going to do with their 60, but it probably doesn't really match up with mm-hmm. what they're actually going to be doing. Um, so so you just have a better understanding that Saturn yeah. um, return gives you a better understanding of like who you are. So this year um, I'm going to know what, you, what that'll look like at 60. I'm going right. to feel like I understand. What you commit to. Okay. Well, you, you might. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> I think it really, I'm like, we'll I see. I think it really sets in around thir- 35. Mm-hmm. I, I really think it like settles in around 35. But um, you understand like what you want to, what you're willing to commit to yeah, and what you want to be responsible for mm-hmm. and responsible to, right? Responsibilities, commitments. This is Saturn. Um, so it becomes, it becomes a lot easier, not even easier, but you just make um, decisions from a more grounded place, yeah. from a more earthly place where they're, you know, and, and that can mean like 
lots of pros and cons list. I mean, I can drive you crazy. Look, it was a lot easier <laughs> to make decisions when I was 25. I was like, you know? <laughs> now you have to like, th- like really think like, it through. <laughs> really think it through. Like really, really thinking it through. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, you know, it becomes, it becomes different. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with, uh, in Aquarius, uh, you're, you're going to be directed more towards the collective. And, um, in the fifth house, fifth house is the house of creativity and the house of the inner child, um, house of play. Uh, and so for you, it could be a very, very, very creative time where you actually take that disciplined structure of Saturn, mm-hmm. um, and somehow funnel it into creating, knowing you creating projects for the collective. Oh, They're interesting. Actually going to elevate the consciousness of the collective, right? Cause that's Aquarius. Aquarius mm-hmm. is connecting us all, right? Aquarius air sign connects us all. Um, and it also like re- helps progress the collective forward, right? Aquarius is always pushing us forward to the next level. Mm-hmm. So for you, it's like, that's going to be really your, and anybody listening to this is going through their Saturn return, um, in Aquarius, that's really the question for you is how you can be responsible to shift your responsibilities, your commitments to elevating uh, the, the collective and because it's in your fifth house, right? So this is where you would differ from somebody else, right? So your, your peer, um, you know, somebody who was born around the same time as you is going to have their Saturn in Aquarius and going through their Saturn return in Aquarius as well, but they may have it in a different house, mm-hmm. you know? And so Saturn in Aquarius in the second house is very different than Saturn in Aquarius in the fifth house. Um, and that's because the fifth, these are the areas of your life, right? So the fifth house is your, your creative area, mm-hmm. right? Your creative theater if you will and so your saturn in aquarius is going to show up in in the area of creativity for you mm. so how do you so it becomes like a three-part question right how do you shift your commitments your responsibilities saturn uh to raising the vibration of the collective aquarius through your creative nature through creativity that's what i've been reflect. asking myself all year so it's it's right on theme <laughs> that is so interesting because that's what I've felt like I, I've created this career for myself and I have kind of a platform where I can share my voice, but how do I then use that to amplify everyone and not just myself and also maintain this creative field? So hitting the nail on the head, I don't know yeah. any of the answers yet, but that's absolutely and what's that's happening. Okay because Saturn is about to enter Aquarius mm-hmm. in early December and when it makes that conjunction with Jupiter – it is going to activate your chart. It's oh, going good. to light it up. And that's what we said. You're going to have a very good year next year. Because um, it's going to hit at zero degrees, but they're going to stay in conjunction probably until about March, mm-hmm. um, you know, with within a couple degrees of each other. Um, they don't have to be – when they're at the same degree in the sky, like Jupiter and Saturn, when they're at exactly like one degree or something together, yeah. um, that's when they're, they create the big burst of energy. But as long as they're within a couple degrees or orbs, um, they still they still um, hit home. And then – so we take that. So, you know, Jupiter and Saturn conjunct in Aquarius and we start moving through Aquarius. Um, they are going to activate that point in your chart. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's how we start working with what's currently going on in the collective. And we look at your chart. So we say, and this is for anybody listening, um, you know, if you're interested in learning like where the Saturn Jupiter conjunctions go, where you're going to feel it, find 
that area of your chart. Mm -hmm. Find Aquarius from about zero to three degrees um, Aquarius and see what's there, right? Are there any planets there? What house is it in? That's the area you're going to feel this conjunction that's occurring in December. Um, and this conjunction, Saturn and Jupiter, it's very, um, to Saturn, we've got this like, um, commitment and, and, um, you know, kind of climbing the proverbial mountain, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Jupiter is, um, joy and luck and fulfillment and expansion and reaching your potential. Right. So it's kind of like whatever you do is going to be really, really hard, but it's going to be really, really, it's going to feel really, really good to you. Um, it's going to help you reach your potential as a human. It's kind of like running a marathon or writing a book or, um, you know, raising a child, you know, it's like, um, it's, you're going to have really hard days where you want to quit. Um, but then it's all going to be worth it in the end, you know, and it's going to fulfill you and it's going to help you feel like you've reached your potential as a human being. Right. So that's what this Jupiter, uh, Saturn conjunction in Aquarius is all about. And look, if we all did that, there we go. Age of Aquarius. If we're all reaching our highest potential as human beings, like we're, we're evolving, we're there, we're going to elevate in consciousness. Um, but it's not easy to reach your highest potential as a human being. Um, and so where are you going to feel this energy? That's where you go back to your chart. You say, okay, where is zero to three degrees Aquarius in my chart? What, what is there for you? What's there is your Saturn. Your mm -hmm. Saturn's there in your fifth house. And so you're going to, and Saturn's going to be visiting it. So you're going to feel this conjunction. So I would say starting December, probably about March, that's the time for you to, to really like focus on your projects, what you're doing, what you're committing to, how that's elevating the collective. Maybe it's this podcast. Maybe it's something that's just, you're going to be meditating. And it's going to hit you like a meteor, you know, <laughs> you're just like, oh, that's what I have to do. Be open to it. Know you'll have hard days. Know it's mm -hmm. going to feel like climbing a mountain, but know that it'll all be worth it. And go go for your highest potential. Don't play small, especially with this conjunction around your Saturn Aquarius. You know, don't sell yourself short. Don't play small. Like go go for the the big vision. Sounds so exciting and so daunting <laughs> all at the same time. I'm like, oh god, like, it's going to be March, and I'll be like, I didn't do anything yet. I gotta gotta get to it. Um, no, yeah. that's so that's exciting. Okay, that's okay too, but you know, that then, then it's like, then we have to look at the rest of the chart and we have to see, well, is there something, is there something pulling on that? Yeah. Is there something conflicting okay. this? Cause this, this is a power center for you. Um, yeah. you know, specifically from, from December to, to March is a mm -hmm. real power center. And, um, you know, and if it doesn't pan out, doesn't pan out, then we need to like take a look and see like, okay, well, uh, what is, what other, I can look right now and see if anything's going to challenge that <gasps> for you. No, <laughs> hopefully not. Tell me see it's clear. Any, 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 uh, anything getting in my way here. Um, uh, oh, I didn't like the sound of that. No, alarm. actually you don't. I mean, the, <laughs> oh. you know, the, the. You don't really have anything getting in your way. All right. Um, watch out. 2021 is my year. Yeah, which is interesting. You have right across, right, right across um, in the 11th house, which is, you know, directly opposite the fifth, you have um, your Jupiter and Leo, um, which that, that in its retrograde. So that's the only thing um, that can, you, you may have to break through, right? You may actually have to break through the fear of being seen by the entire world. Oh, um, and <laughs> that's never going to happen, that fear. So good luck that's, getting that's through that. Fear. 
That's your fear. Uh, yeah, I'm literally working on like show. not being seen as much and trying to like be in the background more. <laughs> yeah, get over that. <laughs> That's what you have too, right? You have I that have issue. Jupiter and Leo. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I do. And um, and that's the thing with Jupiter and Leo. My Jupiter's in Leo. Um, that that is saying that your highest potential is to be seen by the world, right? That is Leo's so. The sun. And, that's so opposite and, like, from everything me. I'm working on. Dang it! Yeah, I feel like I'm doing yeah, everything. I'm literally in therapy talking about how like I am going to change my career and it not being about me as much and not being like at the forefront and shifting it. And now I'm like, well, well that, what the it's heck? That, it, it still can be about other people, but you mm-hmm. still, you're going to have to, your highest potential really is to let yourself be seen in a way that elevates all of humanity. So if anything, Damn it. Um, <laughs> you know, you, and, and, and in the 11th house, right? So, so it's interesting because it's like swapped here. Um, the 11th house is usually ruled by Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, your 11th house is, what do we've got in here? Ooh. Oh, Leo. Yeah. So we've got Leo in there. Um, mm. and we've got a bit of cancer in there too. Um, which is also going to make you kind of want to go in that, you know, high, high away. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, with, with Leo there, it really is about you, um, and Jupiter about you being seen by the collective and, and that's what helps raise Mm. the vibration of jill i hate i hate to hear it but i'll take it on board but i hate to hear it (laughs) all right we we, you know that's the thing about our jupiter like i said it's like it 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 shows us like our potential right yeah our chart shows us our potential and jupiter shows us our highest potential so Mm -hmm. i don't like being seen either like i can't stand it but i'm about to launch like a huge video platform because Mm -hmm. i'm finally like fine i need to be i guess i'll do it I've got to step into that, you know, at 41, I'm like, fine, I will step into my Jupiter and Leo, you know, I'll finally do it, you know, because Jupiter and Leo wants you to be seen. They want you to reach your potential. Um, Well, here's the conquering our fears. Yeah. Conquering your fears. So that's, that's what's going to play on this, like, pretty, pretty amazing transit you've got going on with the Saturn-Jupiter conjunct which is going to conjunct your natal Saturn, but oppose your, your natal Jupiter. And so that natal Jupiter has to be dealt with, or you have to get over your fear of being seen. You have to recognize that the collective needs to see you and that your way of raising the vibration is to be a leader, right? Leo's Mm -hmm. all about being a leader, being a leader, um, and that may be where I, you know, I'm not in your therapy sessions, but that may be where (laughs) you um, can come. (laughs) Let me know so if you want to join. We can do a team effort. It's not really being seen, but being seen as a leader. Yeah. Wow. So allow the collective to see you as a leader and, and to use your creativity to elevate the consciousness of the world. Yeah. Well, I, just a little thing. Just yeah. No big deal. That doesn't sound no daunting deal. or stressful. I have therapy at three, so this is perfect. I will lead with this conversation. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've seen so I, many. I, Go ahead. I, I would say I would look into that. That fear yeah, the leadership part. I'm going to. I'm gonna dive dive into that and figure it out because yeah. Yeah. clearly I have to for the collective. For, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've seen so many people predicting the outcome of this election with astrology. 
have you done that? Is there any validity to that? Like, what's going on there? Who's going to win this? <laughs> I, I mean, you, you know, just like predicting 2020 or 2021, um, we can see like certain things happening mm-hmm. and we can look back. Like, for instance, Mercury is stationing direct on Election Day, um, which uh, there's a small there's a small chance of it going well. Um, but there's also like the last time Mercury station direct was on election day was the year 2000, which was, um, the hanging Chad incident with the Gore Bush. Do you remember that? You're probably too young. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I remember. It it was the only time in my life I remember the election results being like delayed into December and they're drawn out. I remember I tried to stay up really late. I was a the little kid but I remember like trying to stay up all night to watch it and then my mom being like go to bed it's not gonna happen tonight and being yeah. like how does it's, it not happen? not happen it didn't oh. happen for a long time um and it was mm, interesting like, Chad, ballots in Florida the Chad mm-hmm. we all learned what a Chad was right it's mm-hmm. the punch a piece of paper with like a hole puncher you know it's that little bit that falls out and you know it's like the hanging chads and it became this like thing you know and if yeah if there was social media then there would probably be like a thousand memes about the hanging chad <laughs> if there's instagram <laughs> um but yeah so anyway um that was the last time so we can look back at history and we can say okay well mercury station direct on election day um, and there was a huge delay in the results and there wasn't a pandemic and there wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, you know, who was president. Um, yeah, we could already so predict we, a delay at this point. Yeah, there is a small chance of the aspect it has with Mars, Mercury, that, um, things could go swimmingly well mm. and it could actually speed up the results. So there's a small chance and let's all just like, hold. I'm not buying that one, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, and then, you know, looking at um, looking at the candidates uh, charts mm-hmm. and I mean, that's the thing we can look at, like we can look at like what's going to happen as far as like we're trying to get to this, you know, um, age of Aquarius and how are we going to get there? Right. And things are things are showing breaks in the systems and um, we've got some really tricky things happening next year. And, you know, we're trying to get to this like 2025, like hallelujah moment. Um, and how are we going to get there? We might, we could get there the, the one way or the other, you know, we can get there by more turmoil and more mm-hmm. of um, sort of people who don't want to progress the country forward. We won't name names, but um, <laughs> like holding on, and, yeah. um, you know, having to go through more um, painful ways of, of breaking the, the system. Mm-hmm. The system's got to break, right? The system that we live in. But it's how is it going to break? Is it because someone takes over who's going to help us break it to rebuild it? Or if Trump gets reelected and we're like, all right, now we really have and then, to and then, revolt and, and break this. And the collective literally just breaks it. Yeah. So it, there's no telling who, what candidate would win, but we can tell where we're going to go. It right. just depends who's, right. who's we're, leading we're it. Towards, we're going to, um, we're going towards upheaval, system upheaval mm-hmm. and rebuilding. And um, yeah, and it's like, do, do the people, do the collective have to literally like, you know, are we going to mm-hmm. go the hard way or are we going to go the really hard way? Yeah. <laughs> Both paths are difficult. Mm-hmm. And Which in some ways kind of comforting that, yeah. 
regardless of what happens, we are still going to this same destination of 2025 being kind of breaking the system and rebuilding. So yeah, we don't want to go the really difficult way, but no matter which Mm -hmm. direction the world ends up taking, we're kind of working to the same destination. Which feels we're good. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, and, and that's the thing people have to remember no matter what happens with the elections, we're working towards the same destination. I remember mm-hmm. when Trump got elected four years ago and um, I, I kind of was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> and I remember thinking of uh, the Shiva, the god of destruction in Hindu mm-hmm. philosophy, um, where Shiva, when things get really messed up on Earth, right, Shiva comes down and destroys everything, right? Lays mm-hmm. fire, burns, all kinds of stuff, plagues, whatever, um, just destroys so that it can be re- built better mm-hmm. and i was like you know maybe this is what has to happen for everything to just crumble the way it needs to yeah. crumble and to be rebuilt better and that's exactly how i through. felt yeah and 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 it sucked to have to go through and like that's exactly what's happening and mm-hmm. if it's not over if the crumbling's not over the crumbling's not over mm-hmm. you know we have to crumble everything um to, to bring it down and and you know trump's chart is very um is very strong because he has it's this um, he has this fixed star regulus um, right as at his ascendance. Remember, I was saying the ascendance, the really important part. So yeah. he has this really powerful um, star. He's he's a Leo rising, and um, this fixed star right at the end at twenty nine degrees Leo is at his ascendant, and it's a very very powerful energy, um, and it's probably why he won in the first place mm. um and it's very hard to it's very hard to conquer it's very hard to to beat and i've studied like both biden and trump's try i spent like a day in the office i remember i was just like i'm just gonna dig into these charts and figure <laughs> out what's going on <laughs> see see what's what's there like what is happening and biden has a very strong chart he's um my the issue I like Biden a lot, and um, but the issue is that he has a stellium. He has four cosmic bodies in Scorpio, and so anybody who has that much in Scorpio, um, a lot of people don't don't won't trust a person like that because Scorpios is like interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I mean maybe maybe the Democratic Party should consult to me before choosing their candidate. I think <laughs> that um, you know if if Biden were to lose, um, it would be because people didn't quite trust him because, mm. um, what I see in his chart, which is this like, you know, um, the four, four stack in, in Scorpio, which it's like, say we want about Gem- and Trump's a Gemini, um, which is interesting, but you, people don't trust Gemini's, but they, when they find out they're a Gemini, um, but Scorpios, you don't even have to know their sign. And mm-hmm. that's an energy that we all instinctually, not that they're not trustworthy. I've known tons of Scorpios are very, very trustworthy. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're not, but it's just that, um, they, they, it, they project that, um, energy of being hidden. So when you're with a Scorpio, especially with somebody with a lot of Scorpio, you're kind of like, what's, what's behind the curtains? Like what's going on? Are you lying to me? Yeah. You're like, you're hiding you something know? back there. It's just what they show. Yeah, that energy, that Scorpio energy is that energy of the snake. It's the energy of, Mm. of, um, you know, being hidden. And so, you know, they may be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, really? (laughs) (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Because that that is what he's critiqued on a lot. Yeah, that is what he's critiqued on a lot. And when you look at his chart, it totally makes sense that Mm -hmm. that, um, he gives that projection. 
Um, yeah. Now when I look at Harris's chart, she's got a great chart. I mean, she yeah. has an amazing Of course chart. she does. That's not a surprise. Yeah, and I think um, if she were if she were running, if the if it was reversed, I I, um, I, I think things would be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I know, I don't know who's going to win. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I check the polls all the time because I, I don't know who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just can't predict some things. Yeah, but astrology cannot tell on. us who it'll be. It'll it tells us where we will be and what will be happening more so. Exactly. I can mm-hmm. tell you we're on a path of transformation. Um, Good. I can tell you that I, – and I, I can tell you the struggles. Um, now, Biden does have a Sag rising, which is great um, be, because, like, Sag rising is, is that more sort of optimistic. Mm-hmm. So where we may think he has something hidden because out of Scorpio, we may look at him and feel hope and feel inspired and feel optimistic because that's a Sag rising feeling. He's, mm-hmm. he's actively trying to project that, um, which, which is great, you know. But, um, yeah, we're just – we're on a path of transformation, and it's just – it's going to be a big one. <laughs> it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one, you know? Yeah. And I say that about 2025 because uh, we have um, we have Uranus and Gemini, which is an air sign. And then we have Pisces. Uh, we have Pluto, the planet of transformation will move into Pisces. We'll be at zero degrees Pisces, um, which is very much about new visions and um, higher visions. And then um, we'll have Saturn and Neptune, um, at Aries, which is very much about new beginnings and Saturn system and Neptune is, you know, uh, rules Pisces. So it's also about visions. Um, so it's very much a time of a, a new, a new era, um, rebirth, how we uh, rebirth and we've got to get Pluto out of Capricorn. You know, he gets mm-hmm. out of Capricorn 2024. 20, I mean, Pluto and Capricorn, Right now, it's just been bad news. It's running amok <laughs> of the place. Get out of here, Pluto and Capricorn. God damn it. <laughs> well, that feels hopeful. It feels, I mean, it, it feels far, but it doesn't feel too far. 2025 in the grand scheme of things feels quite soon. Um, it's yeah. terrifying to have several, well, a few more years of turmoil, but to get to a better place, I think we can do it. I'm not saying the pandemic's going to go on till then or anything else, you know, that is happening now is going to go on till then. I'm just saying that that's the road. Yeah. And um, I think we'll have a clearer vision of it once we get the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius because those those guys are really leading. They're Mm -hmm. they're like holding the torch down the unknown road that we're on right now. Like, come on, it's this way. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of realistic uh, optimism. I will take it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to sugarcoat stuff, but I also don't like to doomsday <laughs> things either. Yeah. So we don't, we don't want any of that. Um, yeah, it's it, it all unfolds exactly as it unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we'll just have to see. I'll just have to we'll see. see. I will be calling you back up in March to check in on myself, and then we will be reconvening in 2025 to see what's going on, right. and hopefully a lot more <laughs> in between that. <laughs> If people want more information on you and Spirit Daughter, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at Spirit Daughter on Instagram uh, or spiritdaughter.com on the web. And I think those are the only places I'm at. Oh, perfect. Guys, Facebook, go. But I don't know. 
You're like, does anyone? <laughs> I never use Facebook anymore, so I never even promote it. But guys, go yeah. check out Spirit Daughter. Get your hands on some moon books. They're really helpful in becoming self-aware and understanding everything a lot better. Um, everyone stay hopeful and optimistic out there and focus on reaching your highest self so we can all do it for the collective. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today, making me feel both nervous and excited for the future. <laughs> It's good. It's good. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.